0: Part-time fanboy. Part-time fanboy doing my thing.
1: More
0: powerful than a locomotive. Oh yeah, do part. time 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 fanboy.com
1: how have you been? Congratulations on all your success in the past year with uh, Ripple Effects.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah, <clears throat> it's been wild. It's it's sure been wild. So that's yeah, great. Been, been doing great. Thank you very much. I just saw the post that Gail Simone gave you a shout out. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That was like super unexpected. So uh, yeah, that was crazy too. And and uh, moved a ton of books, which at the end of the day is is great. So that's great. That's awesome. Good for you. And good yeah. for
1: them. Good for fan base press. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Nice. Are you,
2: are you hitting any cons? This, um,
1: uh- I think, I don't know. I'm still debating on WonderCon, Like if I should go, uh, if I should table, uh, cons to me have not been like the greatest lately. And I'm, I'm just sort of wondering if, uh, there's another Avenue for me to explore. And quite honestly, sure. I'm more of a hobbyist anyway. So yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have like a huge following as far as like art or anything is that, you know, not saying my art is bad. I don't think it is or anything like that, but I just don't have a ton of time to devote yeah. to tons of stuff. And especially this is kind of like my daughter's college search here. So there's a lot wow. going on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm old. God. I'm old. You don't look it. You don't look it, man. So, <laughs> a lot of people tell me that, but it's inside that matters.
2: I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I, I, um, so we're just waiting on David, huh? Yeah, I guess. I don't okay. know. He's usually always on time, so I'll send That's him okay. a send him a
1: text. Sometimes uh, some Skype can be a little. I record from the outset, so all of this may make it on. Just to let you know, <laughs> so nice. all our and it's audio only. Yeah, right? it's audio only. You don't have to be. I mean, it's good to see your face, but um, sure. Sure. sometimes it uh, video can mess up the audio stream, like in a weird sort. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with that as well, but no big deal. Yeah, yeah, but it's good to see your face. Yeah, your handsome they- face, as Gail Simone said.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. No one is letting me live that
1: down. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: So- there he is.
1: Cool. sorry.
0: No, sorry. you're totally good. Uh, I, I forgot what Skype was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't understand. Like, that's the thing is like this, this podcast is not sponsored by Skype in any way, but I don't know how zoom took the whole
0: world by cause this is free and easy and we're all here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Is it, do you pronounce your name? Uh, Christian Christian? Yeah. Okay, just Christian. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I should add a little French flair. Um, <laughs> That's fine. French flair is so, always good for anything. Uh, are you in LA, Christian? Yeah, I'm in LA. Okay. So I've been in New York forever. And so when I was working in the industry, in the film industry, we all used Skype from like yeah. 2012 to to the pandemic, right? Yeah. And then, like you said, poof, Skype was gone. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I So what happened just so I can blame Skype is that it didn't recognize me because I haven't logged in in a long time. I had to to complete the security steps. I'm really sorry.
1: No, you're good. We're all good. We're all here. It's all good. We're, we're fine. Everything's fine. Um, but the pronunciation of your last name, I'm going to go with
0: Ebeltoft close Ebeltoft Ebeltoft. Damn it. Yep. All right. Oh, dude, it's all good. It's a Danish mouthful, and even in Denmark, they pronounce it way fancier. So okay.
2: we'll, we're the What's we're that the like Denmark pronunciation. It's like whole oh. <laughs> hoff. <laughs> wow, it's like, it's, it's, I know. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: so you know, like yeah, our our pronunciation sort of like you know, the mall version, like if there was like mall Danish food. That's <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Nice. Yeah.
1: Nicely done. Nicely done. Nicely done. Well, let's just begin, shall we? Let's just dive into it. I mean, Jordan and I have been talking a little bit. Um, Sweet. you know, uh, so, you know, welcome to the podcast. Actually, Jordan, welcome back. Jordan Hart, I should say Jordan Hart on the line and David Ebeltoft, right? That's correct. Nailed it. Uh, my name is Christian Horn. This is another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. We've been chatting about like random things, some which may or may not make it into the podcast. You know, I tend to record as soon as people get on the line. So um, there's been a little bit of Skype problems. Yes, I use Skype. Leave me alone. It's free, people. It's free and you
0: can record as much as you want to as many more than 40 minutes yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly exactly this podcast again is not sponsored by skype but we are here to chat about your comic called the cabinet right that's correct and it's it's is it out did it come out in stores this week or is it next week like as we record it's uh february 10th sometimes you know recordings come on a little late or early depending on who we're chatting with and when so what's the release date
2: for this Oh, uh, the release date is this Wednesday, Valentine's Day. February. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, we even have a pink cover that we did not plan to release on <laughs> Valentine's Day. So it's just perfectly uh, perfectly timed out that way, uh, which is pretty great. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh,
1: you know, I always start these things with kind of, it's it's the stupid Hollywood term, you know, the elevator pitch. Like, you know, what... So it's The Cabinet, it's called The Cabinet, and it's not political, and it's not about woodworking. This isn't like this old house, you know, the the uh, the comic book, which, you know, there may be a market for that. There's, uh, that, there's a pitch there. <laughs> but it's, yeah. called the ca- <laughs> it's called The Cabinet, and uh, who wants to take on, like, what The Cabinet is about? That sure, I'll do it. Because
2: he's the... Yeah. Only- screenwriter so he gets the elevator pitches because he's a pro nice do it Yeah.
0: yeah so the cabinet uh we follow ovni she's our teen heroine um and trent and trent is her midwestern jock sidekick and they basically teleport across a post cold war landscape to collect bizarre relics and there's nothing basic about that so i don't know why i said basically but they do this because they need to summon the arcane powers of a Baroque curio cabinet um, to fix this huge mistake that Ovni made when she was little, which was unleashing an ancient evil from its prison and accidentally slaughtering her parents. So it's this very, very fun, very colorful, very adventurous uh, redemption tale. And I think now my floor is dinged and I'll get off the elevator pitch, but that's what we're about. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, I read the first issue last
1: night. For I like to read them closer to the, to the, uh, you know, the interviews and stuff like that. So I'm refreshed and stuff. So let me just first say that it's a beautiful book and it's very cool. Like it's like, I mean, gorgeously illustrated. What's the artist's name again? Chiara Raimondi. Yeah, is, I was uh, going to say Chiara or Chiara. I didn't want to like massacre that, yeah. uh, but. Yeah, I mean, she does all the penciling and inking and coloring, and the story is very much like at least uh, the the way that sort of when I read it and interpreted it, it's kind of like YA a little bit, or like Young Adventure, but also there's a little bit of like, the way the cabinet functions, I was like, oh, oh, you know, like there's a little bit of... Um, you know, I don't want to get gross or anything, but body fluids involved and stuff like that. So, uh, not in a, not Y A way, but I mean, it, it is a little bit spooky and kind of creepy in the way that the cabinet functions, right?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm glad that you picked up on that. And first of all, thanks for the read. I always appreciate when people take time to to read anything that, uh, we do as creators. So that was awesome. Great. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I really like that you sort of are explaining it as this sort of walking that razor's edge between YA, which is the blunt side of the razor. You know, we don't want to cut anybody too deep. Uh, we want them to be entertained <laughs> and, and we want them to to, you know, get absorbed with this young heroine of me. But also the other razor's edge, which is sharp because Jordan and I, you know, we're not going to say our ages, but we're not young men anymore. And um, we we're just talking we really about how old i am <laughs> well, yeah yeah uh, go on well your your lovely listeners can't see the gray in my beard but um we'll just leave it there very distinguished but oh, uh, well, thank you <laughs> so um but that that sharp part of the razor's edge is something that really attracts jordan and i and really fuels our creativity you know we want you know the bodily fluids you're talking about you know that that idea of life sort life force is so big um, you know, within so many great magical works uh, in comics and film and television and books. And and we really wanted to draw from that. And as the series progresses, we'll see how that that blood and that life force, how the, the cabinet is activated, becomes more and more entwined within Uvni's within past history. Um, so we really wanted to sort of say, like, yo, younger kids, which shows how old I am because I said, yo, younger kids, but... <laughs> Yo, younger kids, like, hey, you can dabble in this a little bit. And yeah, some of this might be like a little uncomfortable, a little squeamish, but yo, dive in with us, you know, like we're here to guide you along. But we also wanted to say, uh, excuse me, respected individuals over the age of 18 up until the age of 108, we have a great story for you. And we have, you know, a, a wonderful, magical uh, journey that we would love to guide you on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I very much enjoyed about it, um, well, is the
1: idea of this cabinet, right? Like I'm very much a cabinet that, uh, you know, uh, we haven't really addressed is kind of transports you to different places, like randomly, right? Like that's part of like, it's like a magical, uh, my assumption is like, it's magical. It's not necessarily, but I'm a doctor who fan. Right. And the idea of like sort of this thing that goes around and transports you to random adventures. I mean, it, you were talking about your age, um, it's very much like that sort of like Voyager kind of like like I don't know if anybody remembers that. That is a very like oh, heck yeah. obscure, you know, uh, call out. But when we were younger, at least I grew up in the 80s, there was a slew of like adventure movies like where where it was like, you know, Goonies and stuff like that where kids were going on these like random Scooby Doo was like a big thing, you know, where it was like youngsters were going on like adventures that they would get sucked into, right? Like Scooby-Doo, they looked for them, right? Um, but this kind of thing is very appealing to the the young the young teenager in me where I was like, oh, like I love this sort of thing. So you very much hit the nail on the head, at least for me, for something that uh, I loved growing up, you know, it's sort of like the random kid adventure. But I, the one thing I wanted to ask is... Like, why a cabinet? Like, why? Because, I mean, like, obviously this is kind of like a period piece, takes place like a bit in the 80s, a bit in the early 90s, and stuff like that. Um, but a cabinet seems like a thing that you kind of like, I mean, one of the characters, the uh, the sort of sidekick, the sort of like jock guy that that's in, I can't recall the name right Trent, off the... yeah. Yeah, is kind of like lugging it around on his back. So, like, what was the appeal of like a cabinet where it has got like... Uh, you know, I'm trying to explain to people verbally uh, my wife actually has something like this in her office like hanging on the wall where it's like you open it up and you know it's got like little uh, drawers and like little tchotchkes and, and stuff like that what was the appeal of that sort of thing? Uh,
2: well yeah that's a quick, quick backstory on that. Uh, I'm in Southern California, uh, just like you. So we had one of those, um, Santa Ana wind heat waves and my wife and I did not have air conditioning in our apartment. Like we got to get out of here. Let's oh my go. Gosh. Like, you know, you're always looking for the air conditioning. Cause we lived by the beach, but like, which is fine most of the year, but then when the heat wave comes, it's not so great. So, yeah. uh, we went to the Getty museum. We're like, let's just go to the Getty museum and, and walk around and, uh, that's where I saw the cabinet. So the cabinet is real. If you're in Southern California, go to the go to the Getty Museum, you will see a cab. I mean, there are many cabinets, but the one that inspired the story is right there on display. Um, and it was just this old, it's like four feet tall. It has all these secret drawers in there. It's made of, uh, you know, wood, but it also has ivory, bone, jewels, gold, like all this stuff accented. And uh, at that time, David and I were like, we should do a comic together. Let's see what kind of ideas we can come up with. And I I just saw it, and I took a picture, and I texted him. I was like, this feels like an idea. And he goes, holy crap, yes. You know, because David and I both went to art school, so we have art history kind of gets rammed down your throat in art school. Uh So, uh yeah, appreciation for history. So, yeah, this this cabinet was from the 16th century uh, from Europe. So it just, it just looked haunted. Honestly, it looked like a medieval ghost trap, is is like how I could describe it. So from there, uh, David and I had, you know, like what they call a bake-off. We're like, okay, you come up with some ideas, I'll come up with some ideas, let's like center around this cabinet and let's see which one we like. And yeah, David, this was David's direction. He's like, we should do uh you know we should do an adventure story set in the 90s and it's like this is so like baroque and gothic like set it in the neons of like the save by the putting this baroque thing in save by the bell we just uh. thought it was, you know a great visual juxtaposition and that's what comic books are you want a visual dynamic story um and look at me like telling david's idea while (laughs) he's sitting right there so sorry no Uh, no no
0: jordan (laughs) no you can always tell my story sir um no to piggyback after that i and i love what you were saying before christian about how you were getting all these feels of you know next generation although i think you said voyager but i'm a next generation guy you were getting these feels of next generation and, and and trent carrying the cabinet on his back and and when Jordan and I were 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 baking off a lot of the ingredients that he came up with, too, keeping the horror element that we already sort of talked about and, and ensuring that a lot of our influences of who we are uh, in those 80s and 90s growing up time frames, we wanted to throw those in there. So we were like, okay, this thing is huge. How is this young girl going to carry it? And, of course, Trent wasn't created just to carry the cabinet. But we were like, man, we got to proton pack this. Like, we want to ensure that this cabinet harkens back to Ghostbusters and, and how they're lugging these things on their backs and how they can become a burden sometimes. So I think, uh, yeah, that's sort of perfect marriage of, um, as Jordan said, that uh, our art history love and history references and, and influences in general, because our, our issues are chocked full of them. Um, and uh, And yeah, updating it with just those influences that nerds like us love to talk about. really is what the cabinet is. Yeah, that's so funny that you went to Star Trek because uh, actually the show that I was...
1: This is how deep a cut and how old I... It was a show called Voyagers. It lasted one season. And I don't know if you know who John Eric Hexum was. He was kind of like the flavor, apparently killed himself by accident with a pistol or something like that. Like that's why the show... Uh, at least that's how I remember it. So sorry. Yeah. Voyager. Voyagers <laughs> was like a, a pair of time travelers. It was like an older guy and a younger kid. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, do you remember yes. that? Oh yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude,
0: that is a deep. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's dude, Yeah. Guy, my my nerd. Bless you, sir. I got to revisit that. Yeah, yeah.
1: My nerd culture knowledge is a little too deep. I watched way yeah. too much
0: television as a kid. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Well, while we're on it, dude. Tom Baker is Tom Baker, your best favorite. Doctor? No, 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 that's no, no. It is
1: uh, uh, David Tennant is my doctor. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's
0: a good one. That's a go. I'm a Tom Baker guy. Oh, Colin you. Baker gets third place after, but you know, that's just, that's just me. No, I I'm got
1: a- it. I understand. I know yeah. I, that <laughs> Dr. Who, when I was growing up was that boring thing on PBS that none of us wanted to watch because the effects were like not
0: oh. good. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I loved it though. But like, if you watched enough Ray Harryhausen films back in the day, sure. you know, like you were sort of, I mean, A, he was a genius, but you were sort of like trained to forgive those horrible special effects for what they represented, right? Sir, like, Harryhausen you know was good
1: special effects, sir. The good, skeletons and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they cannot Amazing. compare to the old Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not trying to compare. I, That's I guess a debate I we'll have say, to have. <laughs> yeah another time another time this isn't the Ray Harryhausen versus uh BBC yeah no absolutely
1: yeah. no but uh, the the thing that fascinates me too about like uh so you go you go to a museum and you see this cabinet and it kind of like kicks off this idea does nobody go like hey they have to carry this cabinet around like what are they going to do with this you know I mean because usually the either it's a thing that you can jump into like the time machine right or or it's like a little pocket device that like carries, it's a very convenient thing to carry around or, or have with you. And that's a thing that I was, I was reading and, and wondering like as the series goes on and kind of like interests me and fascinates me like this. One of the characters, I think even in this issue, the first issue is like carrying it on his back or moving it around. Was there any discussion about the cumbersomeness of like a cabinet, like having to guard the cabinet, having to carry the cabinet, having to take it with you, having to hide it, like that sort of thing.
0: Yes, uh and I, I love that you picked up on that because really what Jordan and I do all the time is we're like, okay, we have our, our we have our characters. Yeah. Now, how much pain and conflict can we heap on them? Oh, because good. that's what that's what great drama is, right? So, we've always wanted to like just ramp up the conflict. So, yeah, we we talked about having simpler ways for the cabinet to operate but we're like okay wait what if we have to have it operated by blood okay okay so that stinks because you have to cut yourself and ovni our main character she's a little afraid of blood so like you know that's sort of like there's one of these things where it's like it's almost painful uh, for her to activate this cabinet that she needs to then correct her past mistake yeah and then what if we make it big well trent he's this strapping six foot eight Midwest jock. And he is uh, sort of like sort of Han, you know, he, uh, Han and Chewie, that sort of dynamic. But like, what if Chewie always had to carry, like when Chewie carried C-3PO on his back, you know, like, yeah. then Chewie's Chewie hampered. And like, he can't necessarily do all the things that he could do without this hulking cabinet on his back. So Jordan and I just wanted to be like, we don't want to make the mission easy neither Trent or OVNI have superpowers. They are regular, you know, Joes and Janes. And we wanted to ensure that every little thing that they had to do to make their mission uh, a success was hard. And sometimes the funnest things are the smallest things, like, you know, a cabinet. Uh, And, you know, as you might've seen in this first issue, OVNI carries a Trapper Keeper. Yeah, um, that's sort of that. And, and so like and that in later issues, we're like, oh, my gosh, how does she figure this out when she's running? What if she drops it? What if Trent drops this? So, we, yeah, we play with a lot as the series progresses. Sure, sure. One of the
1: things that I found intriguing, too, I mean, the opening scene kind of takes place in 1984 and you guys just jump into it like there's no explanation, like really like what's going on. Uh, You know, it starts off with the lead character. She kind of like sneaks into her parents' bed, you know, opens up this cabinet and it looks like TV screens, at least to me. And then there's like a tree stump in the yard. And I found it uh, really cool that you weren't walking people necessarily through the mechanics initially of like, what was going on or what was happening. You know, obviously the title of the book is The Cabinet. So there's going to be a cabinet involved. Or again, maybe somebody's looking for a political thriller or, or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, the, the thing that I was, like, interested in was your trust of the reader. And I like when comics do this, right? It's like, because I had to look at it and look at the first couple of pages and go back a little, you know, back and forth a little bit and be like, Oh, what's going on here? What's, you know, and the art is beautiful. The storytelling is beautiful. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Like trusting your reader to sort of like, you know, get what was happening
2: from the get-go? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm so glad that you felt that way because that was our goal. Um, comic readers are very smart and intuitive, you know. And I know all comic readers know that, but I feel like non-comic readers don't assume that. You know, they think of comic yeah. books being on the nose and 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 always hanging lanterns or what or whatever you want to say. Uh, that is something that David and I definitely did not want to do. You know, we've been reading comics our whole lives, and. To me, my favorite comics are the ones that I reread. Like I, I have to I read it once to take in the story and I'm like, what is happening? But it's still fun and I'm trying to figure it out. And then I get to page 22 and then I read it a second time knowing everything. And that that just is like, that that makes me happy as a comic fan. Those are my favorite types of stories. So it's like David felt the same way. And, you know, that is... That was our goal here and i mean it's it was hard we have a lot going on we have magic we have time tra- you know we're jumping around the timeline where we have characters we have you know not to spoil too much there's just a lot of magic there's a i think i said magic already so let's say sorcerers uh there's a there's lot a there. of magic yeah, i lot can't of even magic. keep track of what i'm talking about and so, <laughs> so, so well, yeah like we had to go through a few drafts to like make sure we're you know it's it Building mystery, I think, is our goal, and it's something you're going to see as the issues go on. Like, we we'll, uh, issue two, you're going to get some answers, but you're going to have more questions. Issue three, you'll get some answers, but you're going to leave with more questions. And that's something we're doing on purpose because, um, I don't know, that's just that's the books we love to read, and we know how smart comic readers are, yeah, and instinctual, yeah. And, and
0: oh, can, no, I, go ahead. can I cut in there, Christian? Absolutely, and also just to um you know, I love that you love the intro, you know, the first pages, because it also just shows the strength of Kiara, our artist. Oh yeah. On how, on how great she is at, I mean, I think, um, character work within, uh, dialogue, dialogue list pages, um, are so key and, and her, she just sort of nailed it in terms of that sort of visual progression and, and that, uh, sense of tension within those first panels and i I love uh and so many great comic artists are able to do it but and luckily we're working with one which is kiara but when they're able to sort of you know let us hear these little footfalls with each step within that panel even though it's just two little feet you know within that first panel and i i just sort of feel that uh while Jordan and I worked really, really hard on trying to create that mystery. Then when we sent it over to Kiara, she was really able to enhance it. And she was able to give it a mood that I'm going to admit, I don't think was in our scripts. You know, I think great artists can really look at our text, but what's in between those lines of text, they're able to say like, okay, cool. Uh, I, I understand this. Now let's add a little bit of this tension or let's add a little bit of this mood. And so I think she really sort of heightened uh those first few pages uh, and and every page but just as we're talking about them
1: yeah yeah i mean i do have to say as i move through the book i have it on my tablet right now as i'm i'm speaking to you like one of the the great aspects of her art is the fluidity of everything right but the colors are amazing and how much the color helps the mood and stuff like that like like it's very it it starts off mysterious and then you kind of go to like lighter, brighter tones. And then it's like, then things get dark again. And that's one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you about too, is like you open up the book with, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, maybe slaughter is too harsh a term. You said you use the word slaughter, so I will use it as well. But you know, the death of her parents, you know, and uh, it's not graphic or anything, but it is there. And it is kind of like, as it plays out in the book, it, it is a little intense. Can you sort of like speak to that, like that immediately happening? Because I mean, uh, you know, when you talk about like other narratives that use like dead parents, uh, maybe with the exception of like Batman and stuff like that, like the thing has happened in the past, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, but you're very much dealing with it like right now. And I guess later on in the book, it is something that happened in the past because what's revealed in the beginning is maybe like a flashback or something, as you said, you're bouncing back and forth, but I guess in the terms of this book, like, can you speak to that? Like kind of like dark, like,
0: whoa, like, like this is happening. Jordan, you want to take that or you want me
2: to, you you can go, you can go ahead. I'll talk about the color afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm a huge fan of starting out with uh, an emotion or with a feeling uh, like innocence and guiding uh, a reader or a viewer, um, guiding our audience uh, along that rope. And then all of a sudden snapping the rope or yanking the rope away or just like shaking the rope. And so I think sometimes those dips between drama and safety are the areas I love to explore in. And so when Jordan and I were exploring, we're like, okay, we have an innocent young girl that's doing something that innocent young children do. Mistakes. And they uh, try things. They think that they're old enough to try it. I mean, I know I did that stuff and and I made mistakes. And yeah, I might've just broken an arm or I might've just gotten grounded, but we wanted to sort of play with that innocent idea that all of us can relate to but then we wanted to ratchet up the stakes. We just wanted to shake that rope that we're all walking on and say, all right, what if that young mistake you made equaled X, which was in the pages, right? Equals the, the slaughtering of parents. So I think that's, that's sort of what we like to do is we like to sort of say, okay, listen, this is a fun book and we're going to have fun, but also we're going to dip down into those dramatic, uh, those dramatic times and we're going to we're gonna send our character into those emotional moments. And so I think by starting out the book with that, uh, sort of, sort of gives a good guideline as to what we do. We're going to start out with a fun little girl and some weird, you know, yeah, as you said, surveillance cameras in a in an armoire, um, and you know, wild uh, villains that are dressed like a 16th century, you know, Dutch painting. But then we're also going to get down to those emotions, and we're going to get down to those mistakes, and those emotions and mistakes will carry us throughout the series.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things, like. But it's interesting because in this case, right, I mean, I don't want to say like it's necessarily her fault that her parents are, but she kind of opens up the opportunity for the villains to come in and you must be like, that's like huge. Like when you talk about somebody like, again, Batman, who is like, oh, my parents were murdered and that's like, he had no fault in this. But like in this situation, you're talking about a kid that makes a mistake and it's like, whoa, like that is a real big one, right? Yeah, the,
2: the biggest of mistakes. And, yeah. you know, like, also to your point, I, I feel like we just wanted to establish the background, like how we got here, what what the inciting incident, if you will, of this whole story is. And yeah. then after these opening pages, like it's pedal to the metal in the 90s, you know, like, like <laughs> never, I'm just going to have fun. So like, hey, we got it out of the way. Let's like let's get like David said into the fun, into the character moments. We know what the cost was, right? Um, but to but to your point, you know the other thing is like yeah, like Br- Br- Batman, his his parents died, uh, Uncle Ben dies, right? Yeah. You know, even though there are superheroes, that stays with them. I think all, uh, like the difference we have is as David said, there are no they are not Ovni uh, and Trent are not superheroes. They're human beings, but they she has the ability to fix that mistake like if they can That's find right for the cabinet she can bring her parents back so it's like you know we start with a crushing scene but like try to always incorporate the hope and optimism that if she can pull this off with trent she's going to fix that mistake and and the cabinet can bring them back so you know like that is That's the other thing that I really love about this story. You know, it's like she made the mistake and she's doing her best and everything she can to fix it. And that's really what the
1: story is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I find fascinating. First of all, pedal to the metal in the 90s. That's amazing. Pedal to the metal in the 90s. That sounds like a radio station commercial. But like, I have to say, like, uh, the concept of, you know, because I mean, you've started this out and the, the the concept in here is like a a number two pencil, like eraser pencil, like, right. Like, like that you can go back and you can fix everything. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about, because I mean, we've seen time travel stuff like that or, or reality bending stuff like that. Right. And if, what about the loss of the weight of the thing that happened? You understand what I'm talking about? Like, like if you can change it, does the death of the parents retain any kind of like real weight. I mean, obviously she sees it or she, it happens to her. Right. But then erasing it, like, like, have you like this timey wimey stuff is the doctor who we keep going back to Dr. Who stuff, but you know, the, the stuff okay. that is like, that doesn't make any sense or the stuff that Marvel like completely ignored in their, like, you know, end game and, you know, like stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you might approach that? Because I mean, if you're talking about the whole journey is to erase the mistake that made the parents, then how does she go on the journey? What's the purpose? you understand what I'm talking about?
0: Totally, totally. Are heads exploding
1: and- yet? <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, if if they are, we helped explode them. Yeah. So we will, yeah, we, yeah. Will, we will help clean up the mess and or put the pieces back together. So the cabinet is uh as jordan explained it's based off of this real life cabinet it has all these drawers yeah and there is a um activation sequence that's necessary to activate the the magical powers yeah and what that activation se- sequence is is basically collecting all these silver relics which are heroine oveny calls doodads because yeah. remember a lot of these terms, a lot of these fun things. She came up when she was nine, 10, 11, when she made this horrible mistake. So so it's collecting these doodads and then putting these doodads in a particular order in each drawers. So you have 30 doodads and you have 30 drawers. And just think of the mathematical, permutations I think is the correct term I am so not a mathematician but just it's think of perfect. all yeah think of all the different outcomes that that could be and so a huge part of activating the cabinet is to find the right doodad to draw order and Ovni, when she was young and made that mistake she thought she had it because her parents were working on it they were studying it she was studying it with, and she took notes in her trapper keeper, so she sort of thought she had this great guide to make it work. Yeah, but she got the wrong order, and she didn't do it correctly. And when that happens, the cabinet has this auto scatter function, so it was sort of like a safety, you know, a safety net built into the the magical powers, and it scatters these doodads across the earth. And so at that point, Ovni had to go and basically start collecting them, and so the journey that she's on is almost, she knows what her end goal is. She so wants to correct that mistake, but my God, she has 30 wild, crazy, adventurous steps to collect these relics to try that order again. Got it. And so it is, I mean, if our heads exploded with your question, I bet you they doubly exploded there, but (laughs) we, we wanted to, not only pay homage to this awesome cabinet with these crazy, crazy drawers, um, but we also wanted to ensure that there was all these different magical outcomes. So when she tried it the first time, the reason why her parents died is she unleashed this demon. That's one of these outcomes. Is that the cabinet holds this demon prisoner, and by doing so, she unleashed it and killed her parents. So she's almost at that point where she knows what she needs to do but she needs to go through all the craziness to to get there and it's i love that you asked the question because jordan and i know what we want to do when she gets there uh but we also know that during her journey those things are going to change and 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 her goals may or may not shift because of what the cabinet does because of what she does because of what the different characters we introduced do so
1: yeah yeah
0: Uh, are the objects always the same for the,
1: or does like, is the cabinet like messing with you? Like, like, do you do like it? I'm trying to understand. Does the. You understand what I'm trying to ask, which is like, if there's, there's a particular instance in this book of like, there's a coin, right? Does that coin always have to go in one particular drawer or is the cabinet? I mean, you don't have to say this if it's a spoiler or something like that, or is the cabinet like, nah, this time you have to put it and then you have to figure it out. Like, seems like that would drive me nuts, but like, is that sort of part of the aspect of the mystery of the cabinet and how it functions like that? It may not always be correct thing that needs to go in the correct place at the correct time or it just changes
0: yes yeah you're correct it basically uh that silver coin yeah and we're just gonna say that silver coin if it goes in drawer number one and then you figure out all the other relics for all the other drawers well that's one outcome right Yeah. Uh, now if you put if you put silver coin in drawer number 17 that's gonna fix that. Ev- that's gonna change everything up. Now gotcha. a lot of a lot of the outcomes we're we're you know we're not spoiling anything here but a lot of the outcomes are dud outcomes you know where it's like okay you try all these things it doesn't activate the powers you know got it but others activate powers that Jordan and I've talked about and we've laughed our heads off of what those powers can be. Um, and other times, they do serious stuff that we don't want to do to ovni. But man, we're dramatic storytellers. so maybe we should try, maybe we should do that to her. you know, so um, so yeah, what what I will say is that we do have a really fun,, uh, I, I've never called an Excel spreadsheet fun, but we have a really fun, <laughs> we have a really fun Excel spreadsheet of what all the relics are and what all of their like possible, Um, outcomes can be when put in certain orders. We love getting our heads wrapped up in this. I think the great thing is that you don't need to get so worried about it when reading our first issues or when reading the entire arc. Uh, it is something that I think we would be very, very happy to share <laughs> if people wanted to go down that crazy rabbit hole with us. Um, but we try really hard, even though it can be extremely complicated, we try really hard to just be like, okay, let's keep it at this awesome surface, magical level. And then when we want to start maybe going down an arc that we could dive deep into this, which I'm glad that you wanted to dive deep into it, um, then we yeah. can start explaining it more.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, do you have it mapped out? Like, do you have it like, Like we have these like little, you know, compartments. And then these are the little uh, things, the doodads that go in here. And like, if you do it here, it does this. And it like, how much have you mapped out? Because it is the nerd in me. That's like, I need to know, like, how does this work? You know, but knowing (laughs) that Uh (laughs) sci-fi or whatever, fantasy fiction, it's like, it works however you want it to work.
0: But (laughs) Uh, Jordan, what did you, you had a great you had a great way of explaining it. It was like, you said something like Tesseract-ish, didn't you? It's sort of like, when you think about what we, the, you, when you think about the complications, I think we've worked out, what do you think, Jordan? Like 10 different outcomes. Yeah. Um, and we, every once in a while, we'll shoot each other text. It'll be like, oh my God, dude. We should do this outcome. I'm like, oh, that's number 11. We got we got to get that one in. That's but great. we haven't we haven't gone so far down the rabbit hole because I think I did I think I did the like what the actual mathematical outcomes were with 30 and 30. And it was something like eight million outcomes. You know, like when you think about all the different wow um, yeah. So if you ever want to go down that nerd hole with us, <laughs> we, we'll get you, we'll get you on as a consultant and we'll start on. We yeah. have 10. So we'll start on a you know seven million nine hundred nine you know like we'll start there and we'll start. It's going to be a companion novel. We're going to get someone figure all
2: that out to be the the cabinet cabinet role
0: playing game or a card uh, game or whatever.
2: Role playing
1: companion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. Is the thing that I was thinking about as we're discussing this is. When I was a kid, I was not a big, like, Doctor Strange fan. Like, you know, like in comics. Like, I just, like, I was just like, you're just making this up as it goes along. Like, you know what I mean? And one one of my favorite things ever was that Marvel handbook, the universe of, the handbook of the Marvel universe, where it's like, okay, they're telling us exactly what these characters are supposed to be. Like, that's why I liked Marvel as a kid. And when I was a kid, it was more like, yeah, they're just making that stuff up. There's no rules in here, so how can I know how this universe functions? So that's like one of the the, the things about sometimes with not now as an adult, as a grown up, I'm like, Yeah, everything's made up, just do whatever you want, like have fun and like let's go. You know what I mean? Because um Yeah. I mean, it's just more fun that way. But there is that part of me that's like, okay, if you take that coin and you put it in that, is that like a hardcore fast rule? Like, I mean, I'm sure you're going to run into people like that, right? Like, it's like, wait, in issue 10, you put the coin in here, but excuse me, sir, in issue 12, you put the coin and it didn't do the same, right? Like, I mean, any concerns about that? I mean, I guess it's not a concern,
2: but... I, I think, I think, yes. And I, I, th- I will say like, you know, how you feel is how our character of the Trent feel our characters. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they don't even know what like really can all happen. And as the issues go on, I mean, starting in issue two, we're going to start to see like how big this cabinet is to, um, I don't know how to say this, David, like, like, like the world. Yeah. The, like, ho- like just, buildings of people dedicated to this cabinet you know what I mean like not to spoil stuff but like so there's going to be new supporting characters that are coming in that like their lives are dedicated to the cabinet and you know like everyone's trying to find it so it's like through those characters is how our mains kind of have a compass I guess you could say right you know like I don't know, Dave. You can you can take it from here, but it's it's a little bit like, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's no, Jordan, great. you're totally right. And yeah, I welcome
0: those conversations. We we have answers. We have answers to all of them. But man, you are right. We don't have those eight million answers. Um, and I think what's really important is that Jordan and I have plotted it out, and we have we have that start of that compendium. That yes, image. Hey, image. If you're listening, we'll totally do a comp- compendium. We're okay <laughs> with that. You just you just let us know. But we we also love those conversations because I I love getting into the nitty gritty of things as well. You yeah. know where because that just means readers are engaged and they're and they're active and they're curious. You know and and I am not one to ever turn down that curiosity. I'm not. I'm always one to be like you know if I don't know the answer, I will totally be like. Well, what do you think? You know, what do you think, uh, what do you think yeah. if you put that, uh, The no you know, prize. You know, yeah, that, that, yeah, that hundred yen coin in- You, tell me. Yeah. you yeah. tell me. You tell me. You tell me.
2: sometimes if they I have the best answer. Ask yeah. David, that's, that's how I am. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, ask, ask what's David. The old, what's the old
0: joke? Well, there's an old joke. Um, there's an old joke where it's like, uh, I know, you know, between my brother and I, I'll do it with Jordan. Between Jordan and I, I know everything. Ask me a question. Christian, ask me a question. Any question? Any question between Jordan and I, we know everything in the entire world. <laughs> uh, what's going to happen in the next election? Oh, Jordan knows that one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Perfect. That's Perfect. Got yeah. it. Got
1: it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the, one of the things that you also seem to be establishing is this idea of like secret societies, like built around this cabinet, like trying to get the cabinet, trying to protect the cabinet, and it seems like you've got this you know, kind of mapped out. But one of the fun things in the book that I loved and I was like, I haven't thought about this kind of sneaker in forever. I don't even know. Do they still exist? Like the pump, like you've got one of the bad guys getting ready to go in and assault, you know, a place. I'm not going to say what it is. I want to spoil, but you take the time in the pan, in the page he's bending down he's kind of like pump 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 pumping up his sneaker and i was like yes. oh my god like so you've got this kind of ancient society but obviously it's 1984 but with using a modern twist or like the sneaker of, you know, the sneaker du jour or whatever, the sneaker of the moment that everyone was kind of like falling for, which I never did. I was like, that seems silly. It'll pop or something. I, I don't, but can you speak to that? Like aspect of a- introducing modern things into what seems like a very sort of arcane and old society with like traditions and stuff
2: like that. Yeah. I I think that's where that's David and I just having fun, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I would say, and Dave would say this, like his screenwriting is more uh, bleak, I, th- I think I could say, yeah. like dramatic, yeah, bleak. Uh, and and we knew when we were gonna do any comic before the cabinet, Dave was like, I just want to have fun. I, d- I want to make it as big as possible. I just want to do something bright and fun. So like, we, when we were doing the cabinet, we were like, well, how can we take everything we love and cram them together in a way that sounds ridiculous but still works. And one of those sessions we came up with, let's have the bad guy foot soldiers wear medieval tunics and capes and tights, but also Reebok pumps. Because <laughs> that's, that's what it was, the Reebok. It's just ridiculous. And that's really like how we handle almost everything in this yeah. story. It's like, how weird can we make it in a way that isn't distractingly weird, but makes you laugh. I think we loved it. We love coming up with that. Yeah. yeah. And we loved, we love the idea that this clandestine
0: organization, they're called the black guards. They're introduced in issue one, as you said, Christian. And um, we just love the idea that they would have standard issue Reebok pumps, you know, and, and, and growing up, uh, I just remember there was like a famous image. I think it was Magic Johnson. I think Magic Johnson had like a moment where he like knelt down on the floor and he was in his contract during a game and yeah. he'd like pump up his shoes. I think it was you're right. like Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas, one of like the big 80s basketball players, right? Yeah. And, um, and so I, I, I just remember that. that moment as like growing up where I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. And so we were like, we got to incorporate that moment. Gentlemen of a certain age like us on this call would know. Same with ladies of a certain age, but like other kids, that's cool. Like they might not have any idea. But be like, what is if they that? Go, if, I want what one? Is that, or if, and I think to Jordan's point, uh, sometimes being able to create and make yourself laugh at your creation is is one of the most enjoyable things as a as 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 a as a creator as a writer. And so when Jordan and I would exchange ideas and we laugh, we'd be like, ah, that's good and sometimes we also because we're like wait is it good because we laughed so is it a joke we should put in or is it just entertaining and and f- fulfills us with a great you know inspirational need to yeah uh, juxtapose 90s with something more baroque sure. and it, we just tried to really and we still do to this day even though we were talking about dipping into dramatics we were talking about dipping into conflict and making it really hard on Evney and Trent and all of our other characters we really still want to entertain ourselves as the creators because we believe it passes on to folks like you, the reader. And um, so we we never want to lose that sort of like entertainment north, you know, within our compass. Sure,
1: sure. And I mean, the one thing I wanted to say about this, which I really appreciated is that It's kind of like the villain henchmen sort of people that are using this, you know, quote unquote, hip technology from the 80s. You know, it's not usually you would see like it's the main character or a a side character of the of the main group. But this is very much like. Uh, you know, I don't want to diminish them in any way, but you know, the stormtroopers of the, uh, and they're, they've got, you took the time to be like, no, they would be wearing this kind of sneaker and you know, they're into the hip pumps of whatever, you know, the hip, the hip shoes of whatever's like going on right now. Like, I just thought that that spoke a lot to the thought that you were putting into everything because I was like, usually it would be like it would be a piece where like the kids like oh i got to go get my reebok pump you know what i mean and like oh yeah isn't but this is very much like it's i don't want to say throwaway but like a quick thing where it's like oh wait i remember that and like being like oh but it's not like the main character that you ident- you understand what i'm saying like i just thought that was like really totally. cool like i was very much like nice touch well done
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Yeah. And so is the cabinet, is it ongoing? Is it limited series? Like how is it playing out through image comics? Cause that's, we, we haven't said the publisher, you mentioned them, but, uh, it is being put out by image comics. Like, you know, this Valentine's day, congratulations on that hit it. You know, hopefully your sweetheart will go out and get you, you know, issue one of the cabinet if you're a comic fan. Um, but, uh, like what, what is the plan with the cabinet ongoing limited series? I mean, I noticed the cover didn't say like one out of however, I don't even know if they do that anymore. Do they like one out of six, you know, like they used to in back in the day, but what is the, the
2: ongoing plan with the cabinet? Uh, yeah. So, uh, right now we're with image, which, you know, uh, as someone that picked Youngblood number one off the shelf <laughs> '92 and was right ultimately disappointed. Was no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. As uh, well, I, it was awesome at the time, you know. If but, you say so, uh, <laughs> go on. Uh, yeah. No I mean, shade on Image.
1: I love Image Comics. I love Image Comics. I love. Thank you for everything you've done for the comics industry. Anyway, yes, go on.
2: yeah <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, being here uh, is a literal, uh, almost near lifelong dream of mine. And this is, uh, a very just like surreal, surreal moment. And I'm so glad like it's with this book, it's with this story, it's with David and Kiara, you know, it's a three person book, us three do everything. Um, which is, it's just awesome. You know, it's just like, we're, the power trio of this story, which I love. Um, so this is the first arc which we're doing five issues. Oh nice. This is this is Kiara's first American comic and first like major commercial comic. Um, she actually was still in art school when she started working on issue one. Oh wow. So, um, yeah. She's she's fully formed. Like, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. say like up and coming artists, like she's not up and coming, like she's here, she's yeah, there. No. She's not up and coming, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, you for know. Sure. David and I uh, wanted to really keep that in mind. You know, like it was a learning process for all of us. So, so we have our first arc is five issues, and it will, you know, it will have a, a three acts. You'll have a satisfying end. Uh, but that being said, David and I have this planned out to go for, you know many, many, many more arcs, and this is this is just the beginning. Um, and, you know, we're we're just working on schedules and stuff, but we know Kiara wants to come back, and and when, you know, she's ready uh, pending her schedule, yeah, we'll have more issues coming out. Oh, so that's awesome. it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really
0: quick to piggyback on that is, um, we also just want to give a quick shout out to Chris Ryle of Syzygy Publishing. So Syzygy, is uh you know the shingle that we're under with image comics. And Syzygy is Chris and Ashley Wood's um publishing branch. Oh okay. and um they've done an amazing job. This is their second year, correct, Jordan? This is their second S- year pretty year. much. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm and Chris, if you're listening, I apologize if I'm getting this wrong. But they put out some really great books last year, like Rain with Zoe Thoroughgood and David Boer and Three Keys and um it's uh, hit-, hit hitomi mm-hmm. and um this this current year uh they launched you know they launched early last year with a haunted girl which is a great ethan Sachs horror um and so we're sort of their second book of this next season um and I uh, just wanted to throw them out there because alongside image, they've been, uh, Chris has just been an amazing editor and amazing force to, to launch us. So,
1: yeah, I wanted to ask, how do you pronounce Syzygy? Is that how it was? I was like, I was looking Correct. at that and I was like, I'm yeah. going to mangle this worse than David's last name. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. that's great. And so like, uh, just, you know, to kind of like wrap it up, how did both of you meet? Because Jordan, I know you from ripple effects and you, you've been on the podcast in the past, but you know, David, this is kind of like our first time chatting how did you you know and i know uh jordan's history sort of always being a fan and stuff like that and like you know being into comics and stuff like that finally jumping in uh like david it sounds like you've been you're a screenwriter and been involved in films and stuff like that how did you both connect
2: go ahead dave you tell this story better than me. your secret origin okay
0: Yeah. So uh, Al Omega of the, uh, was it Comic Crusaders? I think Al yeah. Omega of the Comic Crusaders, he, ter- he, I've never heard this term, but he calls it a promance, a professional romance. So <laughs> I had to bring it up because I think it's an amazing term. But Jordan and I met by, uh, I was uh, writing screenplays for about a decade. And Jordan um, was getting his feet wet into writing screenplays. And so we met through mutual friends and those friends said, listen, David, uh, we got this fellow named Jordan, him and a co-writer of his want you to take a look at their screenplay and give notes. I was like, heck yeah, I'll do that. So um, I read their screenplay, it was really funny. And uh, I gave them notes and uh, this happened all over email. And Jordan was extremely kind and he reciprocated by saying like, yo, listen, I also write in comics, and I have this great little one-shot coming out called Terminarc. And um, so we basically just sort of kept on exchanging what we were doing. We were exchanging ideas. Um, Sometimes I'd send him a screenplay idea, sometimes he'd send me a a comic script, and we just started talking. So really, our our romantic relationship developed as pen pals over email for like six or seven years before we met in person. and so, but we also connected via fandom. Um, as Jordan mentioned, uh, he's been a, a you know, a voracious comic book reader since his, you know, since his early, early elementary days. Um, I was a semi-comic reader in my, like, late elementary days, early tweens, but I got swayed. I got, I got taken away by literature, um, sci-fi and fantasy <gasps> novels. How uh, dare I know you? I, <laughs> yep, I but I admit it, I admit it, I cheated on comics with um the Dragonlance Chronicles, with books, with <laughs> books. But but Jordan's enthusiasm really brought me back to the fold. So, like, you know, my late 20s, early thirties, uh, talking with him and he was like, dude, you gotta check out this thing called Saga. And I was like, Okay, I'll check oh, it. Oh yeah. So, you know, and and so it was just so awesome to be brought back into the medium via one of its number one fans, which is Jordan. So uh So then when we just started exchanging like what we loved, what we didn't like, um, which wasn't much to be honest, but uh, once we just started talking more and more about comics, we started getting in our heads that we should collaborate on something. And, um, And so there was a few false starts, you know, our schedules are busy. Um, but there was a few ideas that I threw out that Jordan was like, Oh, I have an idea like that already. Uh, there's a few ideas that he threw out that I almost said the same thing. We're like, Oh, I would love to, but I'm pitching that over here. So it took us a little while to, to sort of, you know, sync up not only, uh, with what we could collaborate on to make sure it was an equal collaboration, but also schedules, you know, just what we could do. And so we started, um, 2018 is when we started working on the cabinet together. That was like, I remember that was sort of the first uh, the first time we were like, we got to do this. And um, yeah, it's it's taken a while, but I think uh, any creator listening notes that comics take a while to develop. Oh, yeah. So um, so yeah, that's sort of our nutshell version of how we
2: came on into the fold. Nice, yeah. nice. And we've been friends for 10 years, and I think we've only met in person twice. Oh, last. wow. Uh, yeah, it was oh, my God. Yeah, that yeah, first yeah, meet up terrible. in Santa Monica and then WonderCon last year where we had a panel, we were on the Syzygy panel to announce the cabinet. That was the second time we met in yeah. person, which is crazy. Yeah, we're, oh, we're wow. Fantastic.
1: Oh, so the panel yeah. was like last year at WonderCon, and it took like this long for the book to actually come out. Like, how, does, oh, yeah. how did that
2: necessarily work? Well, we were early development, uh, and then scheduling both Syzygy schedule and Images schedule. You know, like, Image puts out a lot of books. I yeah. mean, there's two other number ones coming out on Wednesday just from Image uh, wow. with us, you know, so they need to like, you know, they don't want to release a bunch of the same type of stories at the same time, right? Like Slate, they would say, you know, so like that was when we kind of fit in the slate and then got it. Uh, Ripple Effects just uh, like kind of took a life of its own uh, yeah. winning awards last year. So that pulled me away. David's screenplay a blood for du- uh, blood for dust was shooting in production so he got pulled away onto that you know working on that so um yeah we juggle a lot chainsaw juggling as i tell my wife you know just another day juggling chainsaws is what yeah. it feels like and uh, and and the cabinet really kind of got shifted around in there Kiara was finishing up school so yeah um basically we wanted to wait, into, and Chris too. We all wanted to wait until we like had three issues to, ready to go file print before we even like started releasing. So that's that's really it. Because I mean, you know, like if you miss a, if you miss a month uh, on a on a monthly comic, like that's bad. Yeah, you know, you're gonna lose a ton. You're gonna have a you're gonna lose half your readers. You're gonna lose trust. So yeah, it was very hard to stay patient. But, um, you know, we're, it, it, I'm, glad, I'm glad we waited uh, because, yeah, there's just so much going on. And like I said, it's, it's a three-person book. We do everything. And then four, if you know, obviously Chris Ryall and we haven't mentioned this, variant covers by the brilliant Marguerite Sauvage, uh, who decided to take a break from working <laughs> on Harley Quinn and wonder woman and the X-Men short story to do variant covers for us. Uh, and they're just unbelievable. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was part of it too. Like just making sure we launched at with the most impact, uh, is, is why we waited.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, congratulations on everything. I mean, you know, I've had you on for an hour and everything. So thank you very much for your time. And I appreciate you. It's called the cabinet coming from image comics. February 14th, Valentine's Day. Go get it for your sweetie, your nerd <laughs> sweetie out there. You know, some chocolates and the cabinet, wrap it all up in a nice package. Actually, that's probably when this pot interview will launch. So rush to go get the book for your sweetie and put stick it in with the candies and the flowers and everything.
0: Uh any final yeah, thoughts
1: you- on the cabinet, gentlemen?
0: Yeah. Uh we do make a great last-minute Valentine's Day gift. Yeah. That's Flower, that lone flower that's wilting mm-hmm. at your grocery store won't impress. <laughs> won't impress your guy, your gal, your significant other. Yeah. Um, we definitely will. Uh, but yeah, give us a check out. We'd we'd really appreciate it. And Christian, uh, it's been a been a pleasure. Really, really appreciate you taking the time.
1: No, thank you. And where can people find you both online? Like, where are, are we still on the Twix? Are we still on? Uh, like, what are we doing? How can people find websites?
2: Where Where can people find you directly? Uh, just Instagram for me, Jordy Jordith. Good but for you. Find- yeah, thanks. good for you, sir. Good for yeah. you. I yeah, support
1: that. Probably. I'm ready to yeah. do it myself.
2: Sorry, just finish for the cabinet, or you'll see. Uh, if you go to I- images Instagram page, my handle will be on any of the ca- they include it on any cabinet posts they do. Uh, and then in person, uh, signing at Golden Apple in Los Angeles on Valentine's Day. The cabinet. Oh, nice. Uh, Following Saturday, which would be the 17th at Pulp Fiction Culver City, uh, I'll be signing issue uh, one copies. And then David and I will both be at Emerald City Comic Con and WonderCon uh, this year. If you're nice. at either of them, uh, look for two friendly Midwesterners that are either talking about the, ca- the cabinet or digging through old long boxes. Cause that's <laughs> Very cool. What about you, David? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as well as
0: at David.Ebeltoft, that's E-B-E-L-T-O-F-T. You might just want to follow Jordan and then just follow me afterwards because that's probably easier to do. And then um, I'm also I'm on I'm on the Twix uh, at David Ebeltoft as well. yeah, that, that is sort of a cesspool, but I do really love to talk to wonderful individuals there because there's a lot of wonderful individuals that are uh, swimming around with me in said cesspool. Sure. Um, so I'm also there. And then uh, I have a website, um, where I post a lot of fun things as well. And, uh, and yeah, other than that, where, where Jordan's going to be uh, with those conventions, that's where I'll be as well.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Well, it was great chatting with you. Uh, Jordan, what was the Instagram handle? Because I may have uh, interrupted you with my praise for you. For oh, only-
2: that's okay. It's uh, Jordy Jordan. So
1: J-O-R-D-Y, J-O-R-D-I-T-H. Got it. Uh, okay. Jordan Hart, David Ebeltoft, right? Got it? Yeah. Got yeah it. Okay, it great. great. The book is The Cabinet coming out from Image Comics. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. So run, wrap it up with your flowers, whatever, your chocolates or whatever, and get it for your sweetheart on Valentine's Day. Uh, Thank you so much for chatting with me. Uh, I really appreciate your time. My name, again, is Christian Horn. This has been another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy podcast. Uh, You can check us out on parttimefanboy.com. Our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com we are still on Facebook we are still on Instagram we are no longer on the hellscape that is Twix uh, please go check out the cabinet thank you for listening and enjoy your Valentine's Day and we will be back soon with another episode bye
2: part-time fanboy